Uh, all right. Well, should we get into it? Should we get into episode yeah, six? Let's do it. Let's do it. We got uh, five questions. So if anybody is, uh, you look like a mom. My, I look like your mom when she was 25. Well, that's a pretty big compliment because I think your mom's pretty fucking hot. In fact, she was at my house last night. So uh, I, the Magnificent, says new patron. Have you seen BSJ's recent video where he goes over the Singapore Invitational drafts? No, but I would be interested to check that out. Uh, apparently, he predicted 11 of 12 games correctly based on the drafts alone. Thoughts on whether the draft determines the game? And if so, are pro players overrated and are coaches underappreciated? Well, kind of an interesting question. I, I, I do think coaches are underappreciated. I, I really do. Uh for drafting reasons and for psychological purposes, I think that it's almost. I was I had my buddy over here for staying with us for like the week for the holidays, and uh, he was watching Fortnite, and he was watching a scrim that a professional Fortnite team was playing, and he was just laughing as somebody who isn't involved with esports and just watches it. He was just like, "Man, it's so funny because basically what happens." is the game ends, they lose, and the most charismatic person stands up and says what went wrong. And everybody just believes it because if you yeah. argue, <laughs> then you're the you're the one sore person that's arguing and you get you get isolated for that. So you have to agree to the very charismatic person and uh that's basically just you're banking your team being good based on is your most charismatic person actually good at the game. And that's why that's kind having, of how Dota is right now too. That's exactly how Dota is. <laughs> that that's why having a coach is important because they can go in and be like, okay, we messed up the draft. Okay, we shouldn't have done this play. And they'll ignore all of the emotional bullshit that comes with the game and they'll be un, way more unbiased than just the most charismatic person on the team who obviously has a lot to gain by talking about other people's bad plays and, and so forth. So that's why I think coaches are are underappreciated. And I think that the draft can definitely determine the game, uh, especially in metas where the like cancer picks are strong. And I really think that a lot of these like win condition cancer heroes in Dota right now are they're they're all viable. None of them are bad. Like Brood isn't bad. Alchemist isn't bad. Uh, I would actually say it's it's a not to discount BSJ by any means. I actually think I've played with BSJ on a team before, and I actually think his strategic mind is one of the best. Like, he's a really good analyst. Um, where he suffers is, like, he's goofy mechanically. You know, he does the, some silly, really silly shit. But but uh, when it comes to drafting and that sort of thing, he is on the ball. Uh, but with that being said, it is one of the easiest metas to determine who's going to win the game based off of the draft because some last pick will be like, okay, there's no way for this hero to lose the game. Or you draft and you're winning both the side lanes and then you have a, you do like a lane rotation and then you win the mid lane as well. Like it's pretty easy to see who's going to win the majority of the lanes if everybody plays normally, which now like the, the skill difference is not that much between all of these teams. So uh, a lot more because of that is going to depend, is going to depend on the draft uh, specifically because the laning stage determines so much of the game. So yeah. that, that's kind of the flow for me is that if the if the laning stage did not determine so much of the game, then it wouldn't be as easy in the meta to to figure out who's going to win 
the draft who's going to win the game based off the draft right but it is the landing stage does so i i also think it's kind of a symptom of us being very early in this new meta like if we think about it the the meta for ti lasted what like six months or something like that we're like still about a month into this new patch and this is like the first real tournament that's happened on it pretty much so people are still figuring out all sorts of new stuff like how the items integrate what the timings are how you're supposed to play the map i actually think that we're going to see a really drastic shift on how you play the map in terms of like the side shifts and stuff like that and that's going to drastically affect what picks are good and because there's so much shifting right now it is very snowbally because if you can get a lead early on and people are still you know kind of like chaos playing the game like you win the laning stage you just have stronger heroes for 15 minutes everybody's trying to fight over all these objectives you lose a couple fights the game's over yep i agree i agree i was gonna mention that as well i think i think things are always uh very weird when a when a patch has 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 just come out um and things are not a lot of things are not discovered there's one weird thing that happens with like hero win rates in particular you, you know referencing like how shit it just is not normal at the start of patches like i remember which which hero was it basically any new hero there's always this period where they're broken and mm-hmm. then they get nerfed and then people stop picking it and then i guess the meta shifts or people just start trying it again like months and months later and then it's broken again even though it's just been nerfed and then it keeps getting nerfed but it keeps coming into the meta and then everybody always looks back and is like Man, imagine if you played this hero in that period where nobody was picking it and people thought it was bad because it got nerfed. Like, I think right. Void Spirit might still be the best mid laner in Dota. Period. Yeah, it's I mean, just that people need to get people need to get like as high skill with it as people are with Ember. Think about like exactly. how people play Ember now. Like, it's expected if you're an Ember Spirit player that you know how to do like the remnant thing where you put two remnants in, one remnant out, and then you like take a rune with the two remnants that are in like everybody expects ember players to do that sort of shit and a lot of them actually can right like dude in one of my videos i don't know if it's on my personal channel or on this one i don't remember but i was looking at like an archon or a legend game and i saw an offline ember spear like dumb pick right so the guy's like uh, just grieving the game but he's like one frame dodging stuns and shit with his uh his uh, sleight of fist in playing offline ember like he's making dumb decisions but still at that level where he's making that dumb of decisions he's still able to mechanically dodge stuns and shit with this with this ability because it's just everybody it's been out for so long that everybody's gotten so good at it like, yeah humans are just really good at developing muscle memory for stuff that, it's also that's the bottom line. it's also really interesting how um people will just see one negative thing on a hero and just immediately decide it's terrible and it's like yeah that's accurate. Most of the reason that the hero is good is because of the playstyle of the game. It's not necessarily just the numbers, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, unless it's been like a big rework or something like that, like Drow suddenly having the ability to push waves or, or Tree getting like this crazy region and lane. But even those heroes, like Tree is going to get nerfed for probably eight straight patches and he's going to be it's good still, for like eight straight patches. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But when it gets nerfed, it'll fall off. The win rate will go down, but then people will adjust the builds and adjust the play style and get better at it, and then the win rate will go up again. Look at Puck. Yeah, a lot of the time, it's literally just about building one different item or or just like, you know. This exact thing, we have an example from the last two weeks where this happened. Puck, when she was he or she, whatever the fuck. I made that joke a bunch in one of my videos. People got really pissed off. They're like, just refer to it as they. It's like, well. 
<laughs> Alright, whatever. I can't, fuck. Okay, Puck. Puck got buffed in 7.23. Had a 55% win rate. Was like the third most picked hero. Was broken. And then got nerfed. And then went down to like 49%. And that now currently, it's the most picked hero. Mm-hmm. 54% win rate. How in God's name does the win rate go down and then up again four percentage four percentage points? And then also it's the top picked hero with this win rate in pro-level pubs. Puck is the best hero in Dota right now. Yep, I agree. Period. Puck is the best. And she was better in 7.23. It's just that everybody's doing the tops in build now. Everybody's doing like Mjolnir, Deso. People are getting way better at playing around the new silence. There's just so many elements to it where yep. it's it's the kind of general public perception of the hero that's changed as opposed to um, as opposed to the hero itself. Yo, what the hell is up with being able to phase shift while rooted? Come on, man. What's up with that? Why is That's that a cool. thing? Why is that a thing? That should not big, be a uh, big, pu- big puck fan here. Uh, do you know Disruptors within like the top? He's the sixth most, most picked hero in pro-level pubs. I've been seeing a lot of him in... I've been spectating a lot of pro-level pubs recently, and I've been seeing quite a bit of him. I saw... Um, I've also been using the, uh, the Overwolf thing. I checked it out. It's... Dude... That's Dude, it's some a, good, it's a, it's, it's some it's good a, stuff. It's a game changer. Yeah, it's a game changer. I saw that that Jimmy had played like fifty six disruptor games this month or something like wow, that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That the top. Uh, I think I'll probably make a top fives. Well, actually, no. You could do that. You're you're a five player. I I, I guess should I shouldn't do that because that's you, uh, that's that's taken away unless you unless you you, you know, can you, you can anyway. do whatever you want, man. You can do whatever all right, you want. All right. Because I think it's pretty like the fives are actually quite good right now. The fives that people are picking. It's like Wyvern, Lich, Disruptor. And they're and Snapfire, of course. And they're like, they're all really good. So Yeah. I mean, feel free to make it. Like I am not playing enough Dota right now because I've been gone. So I'm I'm still picking like not those heroes and losing a bunch, except for when I pick I'm just, Tree. I'm watching I'm watching a lot. Um anyway. Uh Shiver says jumping off of LD or ID. I don't know if that's a capital L or a lowercase D, just saying. Uh, but what are some good resources to use to learn how to draft better? Are there any simulators or you just have a do a bunch of scenarios of ideas uh, how you want the game to flow or something else? Sorry, can you read that again? I was spacing how do you, how, do you, how, how do you draft better? How do you draft that's, better? That's basically it. Um, I would say analyze drafts. It's really hard to figure out drafting without actually seeing the game played out in front of you. Like you have to play the drafts. You have to watch the game after, after the draft happens. Um, watch at like what time heroes power spike and how teams are abusing it and, and, and things like that, because the draft is based off of all of those, all of those things. The draft is based off of gameplay. You have to see the actual gameplay or, or knowing how to draft is, is meaningless. It's not something like last hitting or pulling that you can just go into a practice lobby and, and practice it because we could argue all day about, I could draft against you. We could argue all day about how my draft is better than yours or your draft is better than mine. Right. And it's not going to mean anything unless we actually play and we see like, okay, well this power spike of this hero lines up to this power spike, which is your win condition, but my spike is harder than yours. So I win, but I can only say that if the game actually is, is played out because there are too many permutations in Dota. So all I can say is, Dota buff, just just Dota yeah. buff, and then eight x through the replays and uh, get an idea for for like why people are picking these drafts together. A lot of the time, it won't be immediately obvious, and then you go into the game, 
and Bloodseeker will rupture somebody, and then Venge will swap them, and they take two million damage, and it's like, oh, that's why. Right. That's why these heroes are picked together. Right. Um, another thing that you can do, kind of a different approach, is to play one hero like a hundred games in a row, first picking it, and get a sense of how that hero interacts with all these other heroes that are being picked around you. Um, and then you can kind of understand, like, oh, okay, this is not a hero that I want to draft in the first two because then these two heroes always seem to come out to counter me and make my lane really hard. But if I pick it like 5-6 or as a last pick, then suddenly it feels like the game is super easy because I'm good at this hero and I'm not being countered by these specific heroes that are always ruining my game. Sure. Yeah, that's that's actually like the the golden rule of Dota. Ellie said that the other day. I was I, We were talking about the just different rules of of how to get better at Dota quickly. If you, if you if you have the time to treat it like it's a job. Well, like I'm saying hypothetically, fuck fun completely. Yeah. Ignore fun. Well, how do you get how do you get better at Dota? Ignoring fun. And well, I'm not saying that you need to not have fun. I think it's a game and you should have fun with it if you but if you do not care and you only care about gaining MMR, like, number one thing, spamming heroes. Yep. Pick like two that heroes. Is, that is the golden rule. It solves almost every learning problem that exists. In, in Dota, where you'll hit a plateau. If you spam heroes, it would get you over every single plateau. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's actually nuts. You'll you'll see, um, I would say probably like 50 plus percent, maybe, maybe even higher, maybe like 70% of the people that are in like Divine or Immortal are hero spammers that play like three heroes. And at least at least at one point they were. And they're way worse at everything else. Is the new meta a farming meta or a fighting meta? I still feel like it's a fighting meta. Um from from my games. Yeah, it's definitely fighting, but I think that there is um a really cool thing that we're gonna see the pros execute super well, which is that um it's gonna be a very sort of like segmented game where five minutes runes, seven minutes jungle items, like 15 minutes, jungle items, outpost, 10 minutes, that that kind of stuff. And it's going to be like this really yeah. cool sort of uh, flow chart almost. But because there's so much going on, it's going to be, it's still going to be interesting, but we're going to see like very well-coordinated movements from like one place to the next, to the next, to the next by the best teams. Right, right. Um, and it's like, you know, seven minutes is like the jungle items. You could choose to smoke to kill their carry, who's going to farm in the jungle. Uh, or you like pre-ward us a support for seven minutes so that you know, where the carry is and you can just gank them and kill them in the jungle on that vision or you could go jungle and secure your jungle like there are actually a lot of choices that you can make regarding regarding these timings um i was thinking about that with the with the change to the outposts how they're now every 10 minutes and also how they give less experience than they once did like now you can make the choice where okay we're gonna take roshan but sack two outposts or mm. we're gonna take the mid tower and while the enemy team's going for two outposts, because you you straight up cannot defend an objective while there are out while, while you're trying to take two outposts, there's no way. Yeah, it's not possible. So I I really think that that it's it is interesting if all of these objectives are are balanced and we have the ability to make choices. That that that's the only thing that I do think that when it comes to these jungle items, for example, most people currently opt towards just farming because it's way safer than like trying to infiltrate a double any of these double high grounds. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that there needs to be a little bit of a change in regards to making it easier to contest the enemies when they're when they're farming like the seven minute jungle items, for example. 
you know what i mean like i really think that the choice factor is is the interesting part of dota and i think that it's a it's it's a little too risky to not just choose to like farm the jungle and a little too risky to choose not to go for the outpost but i would like to see with the balance like how people are making those choices like if 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 there are patches where i think like outposts are going to probably get nerfed again realistically yeah that's probably going to happen yeah i think um one of the the coolest things is that um <clears throat> oh my god i just completely lost my train of thought i apologize gotta, gotta smoke less uh smoke less ganja before these uh i'm not these. i just forgot <laughs> there's, a, there's a there's a teacup on our on our thumbnail it's not i had two you know, cups of not... tea today already so i'm feeling pretty good that's a drug man that's caffeine that's drugs stop doing drugs drugs are bad Come on, man! You, how are you? How are you influencing the the children? Think of oh, the children. I remember what I was gonna say. I think it would be really cool to start seeing people like how whether teams, it, assuming that the all the objectives are balanced, it would be cool to see teams like NIP is known for controlling the outpost super well and drafting heroes that are really good at controlling outposts, and that's kind of their style of play is like playing the side lanes and like keeping the outposts and winning the EXP game while. You know, somebody else might be all about the neutral items and like they always stack for their heroes so they get the three neutral items like super fast and they try and push off of that timing or something like that. Sure. That'd be fun. Or like or like control one outpost and just try to take one jungle to like farm mm-hmm. the neutral item, something like that. There's definitely a lot of choices that you can make. Um and I, I think I think that's probably like I I love the new change, but I think that's probably where the balance will come from. Yeah. Is just like, okay, there aren't enough choices we can make here, so let's just make a few tweaks where there are some other choices that could contest the obvious ones. And then I think Dota will be great. I think, I think we'll be in a really good, a really good spot. Yeah. Uh, okay. Moving on. Uh, Gangsy says, how do you play Viper once the laning stage breaks down? As a five, I've just been sitting in side lanes and pushing out. But I feel like I can't really do much since I don't have the snowballing lead I would have as a mid-Viper. So, yeah, I mean, as a five, you can definitely just sit in lane, side lanes, and, and push it out because you're hard to kill and you're very quick at pushing... Uh, that lanes out efficiently. You can definitely do that. I think that's I think that's a perfectly fine thing to do. But at a certain point, you want to group up with your team. You want to place good vision. You want to run to fights first and just get as much damage out as you can, and kind of suicide to uh, to to you know start to start team fights. Like that's that's basically how you you're either you're either pushing out side lanes or you're playing with your team and warding around objectives and, and running at objectives with with your team. Uh, but feel free to like jungle near your team jungle camps with your with your w like that's yep. that's perfectly fine just play it like a core almost except with Buy more and more utility yeah items, with basically. more focus on your jungling camps that nobody else is going to take because of the minute marks about to pass and it's going to respawn something along right. those lines or you're pushing a lane that nobody else wants to do you're basically playing the exact same hero uh just you're taking all of the farm that nobody else wants to take, which is fine because Viper's actually quite good at doing that because he's a giant pain in the ass to kill. Yep. I agree. Okay, Arboreal Phoenix says, as a support, what can I do to progress the game if my cores refuse to leave their lanes? I've tried staying in a lane, but feeling useless. I've tried asking a core if I can have the lane while they jungle. But then they say, no, I need the farm. Honestly, fuck core players, man. Uh, trying to make rotations across the map seems useless because we usually don't have enough power to kill anything because we only have one core in each lane. I don't know if I should start cutting waves or just jungling because my cores won't, but it feels bad when your mid-carry and offlane core stay in the same place for 20 minutes then wonder why the game is hard. 
this is a problem. It is a huge uh, problem. I would, any suggestions would be helpful. So what I would do, and I actually have a video um, that I'm in the process of making on PPD playing five in a game where they were getting completely pooped on. Um, but what you kind of need to do is there's there's two things. Number one, you go and you basically sit near the core that seems to be the strongest and you just jungle next to them and get your farm because if nobody else is going to do anything, you might as well be getting farm. Don't just stand there and like wander around the map getting no experience and no farm. Just get some farm as well because you need to contribute yeah. to the game. Number two, yeah. pick a smaller area of the map instead of the whole area of the map and try and control that with wards and then naturally your team will kind of congregate towards vision most of the time which you can kind of like bait your team to play in the area you want them to do and then number three is if you're a hero that has the ability to push like a jakiro or a shadow shaman or a viper you know anybody that can shove waves literally just go to the lane that you want to push and just shove the creep wave and your just offlaner be will be like core, what are yeah. you doing you're taking my farm and you just mute them and you just shove the creep wave and just start hitting then the, the enemy team will come fight you and then all of a sudden you have the fight that you wanted you have your cores are actually doing shit because you're forcing them to do it exactly i i gotta say i i have been playing on um you know let's just ignore morality here for a second don't judge me for this but i have been playing on a smurf uh i i tried to play on my 6.5k smurf let me tell you 6.5k mmr which at that point, is that really a smurf? It's very close to my veins, MMR. Uh, just a, an account that I can like practice heroes on. It, I can't get games. I straight up cannot get games because of behavior score, thanks to fucking goddamn Sammy Boy Dota. I lent him the smurf, and he got it down to 80 behavior score. I don't even know how that's possible. He got it down to 80. Uh, so I've been trying to calibrate a, a new account that's like 4.5k, uh, but I can't play ranked. So I'm playing unranked, which is putting me with like Archon and Legend players and stuff. Mm. And I got to say, I just steal shit from my cores. Oh, like yeah. if, if my cores aren't doing the right thing, I don't even try to, to tell them what to do. Maybe I'll try to politely do it, but most people will just think like, oh, this guy's an idiot. I'm not going to listen to him. I'm really good at Dota, which is fine. I just go and steal their shit and, and try to make stuff happen and progress the game forward. Yep. And I do have to say... And then in those games, I do personally, um, I, I will sometimes like jungle and just scale to be a core if yep. that is the if that is the uh, the only thing that can that can happen. Like people are just sitting in lanes and feeding and doing nothing. I will like try to be a core. Some games are just unwinnable, man. Though some games yep. are totally totally unwinnable. The best thing that you can do is just be around people, be around who you think like the strong guy is. And if you have to jungle there, that's that's fine. Like stack and jungle and cut waves and and whatever. But definitely, I, I would say that there might be more space on the map than you think. Um, yes, yes. To, to the farm, like there might be more stuff on the map because I can say that in these games, like the problem is not people sitting in lanes. It's like people sitting in jungles. Like they'll push one creep wave, and, and then, then it's like immediately your this, jungle. Yeah, yeah. That they're like this tanky big ass motherfucker. And they could easily go and keep pushing multiple creep waves because they're like some underlord who's unkillable. But they just run to the jungle like a little bitch. And it's like, oh, well, okay, I'm going to go push that then as like a viper or as a shadow shaman. Maybe right. I'll die, but I'm going to get a lot of farm from doing that because the whole enemy team is going to congregate to where I'm at. And then also uh, I'm going to be killing creep waves on the way there and maybe get a tower. So yeah, I, I would say that like, look to take more aggressive farm you can take farm away from the enemy team too like if you run into their jungle and start taking their farm away 
uh, that's a way that you can make space. You can screw over the enemy team. And uh, that's not like taking farm away from your cores who are sitting in the jungle. I, I would say that like sitting in your own jungle is the worst thing that you can do as a support ever. Like you almost never want to do that. I like what Donnie said. I like the idea of jungling near your cores. I like the idea of just stealing farm from them and pushing lanes that need to be pushed. And I like the idea of taking farm away from the enemy team and, yep. and pushing waves where your team are too big of sissies to, to go and, and take those waves. Like that's your solution. I think the solution should almost never be just jungling safely in your own jungle, even oh, if your cores absolutely are, not. are not doing that. Um, I do want to say though, like have a purpose behind that. Like, if you're taking farm away from your cores, if you're taking jungle camps or whatever, have a purpose. Like, know that you are doing this to get to this specific item, which is going to allow you to then fight. Don't just, like, kind of do it without any end goal in mind, and you're just, like, jungling and waiting for something to happen. You want to jungle to get somewhere where you can actually start forcing the issue, basically. I saw a really funny question in chat. <laughs> That is the most creative flamer. Yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Red shirt Mike, who is the most creative flamer that I know? CC and C by far. CC and C will say to people like, "How you have no wrinkles in your brain? Your brain is wrinkleless." They like, like tiny. You are playing aggressively bad right now. Like it's actually aggressive how bad you are. This is hostile. Like just. Just he's, there, there's so many he's funny a, clips of he's him. A poet. He's he, a fucking poet. Man. He really is. Oh my god. There's there's one man, it was on Reddit recently. And he was talking about molding, which I think is a super dumb term, but the way that he used it made me so so like I was just cracking up because he was like it was in the midst of one of these like poetic, like, you know, uh Walt Whitman prose essays that he was just spouting yeah. out about somebody on his team oh man i had a good flame the other day i was uh oh god i was playing dota really late at night and uh somebody got in an argument with me like oh my god they were like a doom supporter or something they were going midas and then some stupid awful stupid stupid shit like that and uh basically like we had a bunch of really strong heroes super beefy way stronger than the enemy team and just the whole team refused, just refused to go fight. Like, they were so scared. And I was, like, I was arguing with some guy. He was, like, arguing with me about it. I was just, like, dude, were you raised by a fucking family of mice? What the hell? Like, <laughs> And then for, 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 for the rest of the game, I just kept calling them, like, uh, like mice children. And, like, they're acting mice-like and shit. I think, it was on, I think I was streaming with Henry. I was, like, I was, I was oh, fuck. Anyway, uh, I was I was very proud of that. I was very proud of that moment. Was was asking if they were raised by like a family of mice because it's not, uh, you know, it's not rude. I mean, it's kind of rude, but it's not like I like I like figuring like, out ways to flame people without just resorting to you're an exactly. idiot, you're a retard. Like, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So that's why I was proud of that one because it's like, man, usually it takes it takes all of my inner strength to not just resort to vulgarity because i'm canadian that's what we do we just in, we just swear and we insult and we fuck with each other like that's just a canadian thing so i would really wanted to resort to that so it's like something has to come from inside of me to 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 say something that's that's even like 10 percent cc and c like and uh so i was yeah i was pretty i was pretty proud of that my girlfriend was just laughing about it she's like dude did you did you just she just like call somebody a mouse and I was like, yeah, dude, I didn't want to like, 
I didn't want to be like rude, but I also needed to insult the guy. <laughs> so I called him a fucking mouse. <laughs> and uh, CCNC is just like filled. He's just filled with these brilliant insults. God, he has he has some he has some ten out of ten ones. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, next question. Positive vibes says need help. Started playing puck. Best hero in Dota. The hero feels great to play. I have tried playing a more ganking oriented play style, and I've tried to play for efficiency, fast timings, and rotations. Definitely, uh, definitely a ganking hero. However, I have an overall thirty six percent win rate over seventy six games, and a twenty percent win rate over the last twenty games. Should I just take this as a sign and move on? Is there or is there any suggestions on how to improve on the hero? Damn dog, that's 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 a rough win rate. I have to say. Watch your replays. Uh, find out why you're dying because you're probably making a lot of mistakes. Yeah, first and foremost, definitely watch your replays. Watch a replay of like a pro puck to see to see what they're doing. I mean, there's a lot that could be going wrong if you're trying to gank without coil. Well, that's a problem. Like coil yeah. is the only thing you should be ganking around. Uh, you have to be realistic. If you don't have coil, you just sit in lanes and you just push them out with your with your double nukes. Uh, your build might be wrong. I think that if you're playing, if you're not playing like a mid puck, uh, you should be going for like travels, veil, that sort of thing, and just push lanes and and be a utility hero. You go for like the cast range talent. If you're playing like the mid puck, well, that's a little different. That's like maelstrom, uh, deso, and you go for the uh, the face shift attacks talent. And that that's more of a play style that I think would be very specific to you have to play it a lot to to get to be good at that. Like that that's a stylish kind of mid player sort of esque play style. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very different from the utility. Yeah. I'm gonna like do magic damage and silence people and coil them puck. Yeah. It's very like single handedly carry the game. It's kind of like playing Shadow Fiend or you know, something like that. Here's here's what I've noticed a lot is that there's usually two ways to play these popular heroes. And one of them is like the standard way that any pro player will be able to pick up and execute in a game. And then there's always like the next level one, which is like some sort of weird niche build and kind of strange play style that's really, really good and has been developed by one person spamming it over and over and over in their own style, kind of like Topson playing is like insane Monkey King Radiance, where people are like, why would you yeah, ever buy Radiance yeah. on Monkey King? And it's because he has developed this way of playing the hero that is so specific to how he plays it. And then everybody in pubs like going Radiance Agonems and just feeding and having like a 5% win rate on Monkey King. And you're like, why can't I do it? It's because he's playing it in such a specific way that allows him to right. abuse that build. Whereas you could just go phase Echo Saber BKB on Monkey King and then be a, a passable player on the hero. I, I, I agree. I think I totally agree. Uh, basically try the standard puck. Yes. Uh, the puck play style until you're good at that and then do the next level one because it's very experienced puck players that are having success with the Maelstrom bullshit. In fact, I would say that pucks win rate should be like 60%. But people are playing like offlane puck, or they're playing puck in a game where they already have a lot of damage, and people still go for Mjolnir Deso because it's just the build, right? And then they lose because boy, I wish somebody had a BKB piercing six second disable, but right. <laughs> our puck has a Mjolnir and a Deso instead. Exactly. I wish somebody had a blink to catch to catch this nature's prophet who's split pushing us, but. Our puck has a fucking maelstrom. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so 
I, I would say that the, the the other puck build is much, much more stable and, and give that a try. I saw something funny, by the way, I do want to point out. Uh, somebody said in chat, the most savage insult that they heard was they said, Pudge is cheating. He's playing with an extra chromosome. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are top tier, top tier insults where they're not just like explicitly vulgar, but they're they're still offensive, but in a way that kind of hurts. Right. That's that's good. That's good stuff. I that's good. I routinely ask people who are complaining and whining constantly if, if they need me to tie their shoes and cut the crusts off their bread and send them to school <laughs> with a lunch bag. Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm that already so supporting funny. you this much, man. You need me to tie your shoes too? Get you some Velcro? Wipe I'll your tell, ass. Uh... <laughs> My response, my response to like the like 16, 17 year olds that will call like 20 year olds old is, is like telling them to go play with their Legos and shit. <laughs> <laughs> go, go build a Millennium Falcon, you fucking baby piece of shit. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, it's better. It's better to insult like that than to, it's more fun too. It's a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's it for the questions. Actually, we have, we don't have any questions. Obviously it's, it's, new year's or new year's eve for for most people yeah so i think a lot a lot of people are not thinking too much about dota tonight somebody thumbs down the video somebody's like a, a he's like man i built a millennium falcon this guy's calling calling me a baby <laughs> well man, man lego's cool don't get me wrong don't get me wrong man drinking games i would be down i'm drinking a beer look at this this is the most canadian thing it's called the canuck pale ale Nice. He's got some nice flannel standing on yeah. Yeah, there a grassy is. knoll. Axe. His axe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very Canadian. That's like the summer here though. I like it. Is what uh what kind is it? Uh pale ale. Okay. Although it's not called an Indian pale ale, so this Great Lakes brewery is actually quite shit. Most of the stuff they make is shit, but this is pretty good. <laughs> No offense. I mean, it's like I just not. I'm not a fan of your beer, but this is this is actually quite good. It's not too strong. Right on. Um. All right. You want to do like a quick two, three minutes of chat, and then let everybody go party and get their New Year's kisses. Yeah. I mean, show sure. Cube Dota games. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. You guys say Sniper is a bad hero to carry? Yep. Yet I keep winning and losing against the hero. Is there something that casual players are missing? Yes. Yes. You're just all just terrible at going high ground. <laughs> just jump on him. Just jump on him. He dies. There's no, there's no items that he can buy to survive being stunned. He dies in uh, one single stun. Just get blink daggers. Just kill him. Just, just get heroes to jump on him. Everyone sucks at going high ground. That is that is literally the answer. Oh, well, that too. Yeah, it's like just don't go high ground, man. Just sit outside until you have a forty k gold lead. It's easy. Yep. yep. What do I think about being able to sell the jungle items? I like that idea actually. I think that's I think that's a cool idea. I think but it's okay. Valuing them would be hard. Yeah, and the main problem would be that I feel like it would be really really difficult to balance if a team is able to just like they get three jungle items they pull them all the way carry he sells them all and suddenly has like a five minute radiance <laughs> you know like a, a 10 minute radiance sure um sure. yeah which could be That's a little true. bit insane that is true uh i also do like the like i think one of the best changes in 7.23 is the fact that supports get jungle items 
Like, cores have too many slots filled with shit that they give the random garbage to the supports. Dude, hand-me-downs I, I, are... Hand-me-down level 1s and 2s are still good at, like, 25, they're 30 really minutes. Good. The yeah, they're really good, yeah. That's the thing, is that it's balanced such that, like, the level 1... The tier 1 items and tier 2 items are honestly not that much. Like, Faded Brooch, for example. Like, who doesn't want 25 movement speed? Man, if you have that, plus Tranks, plus a Windlace, you're a race car. Like, that's awesome. Or a Keen Optic. Dude, yep. Keen Optic, Etherlands. So good. So good. Oh, Oh, the man, do all of these items, like the stats that come from her, they're super underrated. Like you get a, a, a net and I mean, not only then the net is just sick in general. It's a TP cancel. It's a stun, but it's also like mana regen. It's like two mana regen, two mana regen. That's yeah. so much. Yeah. There's all that's sorts infinite of infinite mana. I think that's one of my favorite things about all the neutral items is that it took like a lot of them took kind of like weird, different assets and put them together. So it's like you've got movement speed with like a mana pool. You've got magic resistance with this. You've got like magic damage increase with like attack range. You've got mana regen with something that allows you to root people. Like it's, it's so weird that you can kind of get creative with who it's actually good on. I think that yeah, exactly. getting like a, a keen optic on a hero like Bloodseeker early on is actually really good because good, yeah. you, you want to keep casting blood right constantly at a farm and you need mana and then it also allows you to rupture people farther away yep and then eventually support gets it which is cool yep. like it's i i really i really do like the neutral items in term in terms of that um in fact i find that when i queue and i queue for every role i get core all the time now like i think a lot more people are queuing support at least in yeah. the immortal bracket I've I've been getting a lot of carry games actually. I it's actually bad because I'm so used to like you know for months just queuing for carry and then both support roles and just getting hard support over and over and over that even today I think in the last month it's happened maybe three times where I just like first pick tree or some or like you know shadow shaman or something like that and people are like what are you doing I'm like oh shit I'm safe lane. I'm literally ruining the game right now. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a few people do that. They're like, they, they last pick like a wyvern safe lane, and then they're like, "Oh wait, who's carry?" It's like, well, it was supposed to be you, <laughs> but I guess our treant is a carry now. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Uh, will I make an offlane tierless video? Uh, yeah. I, uh, the reason this is going to sound really weird, but one of the reasons that I don't that I that I haven't made one yet, and that I didn't start with it, is because. I feel like it almost feels like cheating. Like with the offlane tier list, it's I just do it purely based off of my own intuition because all I'm playing is the offlane. So it feels right. weird to not research and make a video like all of the other tier lists. It's just like I already have the tier list. It's a weird like psychological block where it's like, okay, for this one, I'm going to need to like make sure and verify that I'm not just – my opinions aren't just – wrong whereas with the other ones it's like i need to build an opinion from scratch right it might part. actually be better if i made the offlane list and then we talked about it together and you like added stuff or, or talked about it you know maybe like maybe th that kind of stuff might be interesting yeah the offlane or tier list I, I i would say that if you, you know if you want my personal opinion as opposed to what is just objectively good and pros are playing uh, then the offlane or tier list would be better for you, but it's going to be mostly my opinion. And I know there are offlaners spamming other things, like people are playing offlane Ricky and and things like that, you know. So it's uh, right. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Like I said, it's just a weird like psychological block. I'm I'm definitely. I mean, I'm going to do every tier list. 
Well, thank you guys for tuning in for yet another episode of Alchemy Answers. This was episode 60. Uh, thanks for all the questions to our patrons, patreon.com slash Dota Alchemy, if you want to ask us direct questions every single week. Um, other than that, thank you to chat for tuning in on your New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whatever it is, and have a great 2020 from us. I'm sure it'll be awesome. <laughs>